2: The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something
1: epic.
0: Good morning. (laughs) Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force.
1: It's calling to you. Just let it in.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've tuned in this week. We've got another fun show for you here at the Star Wars Report let me bring in my co-host and the producer of this fine program Mr. Bruce Gibson
1: oh I love that intro
0: that we just listened to it was mm. so good uh, you're, <laughs> are you are you being marked now <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Mark's always like, I'm really loving that intro. The more I listen it's to it. It's literally
0: and... been here like a year and a half now. It's not new anymore. All right. That's true. <laughs> it is. It feels new to us. It is, it's a great intro, though. Whoever did that was what awesome. A, what a rock star. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Gibson, uh, for this week's episode, we're, we're hot off of uh, Comic-Con, and we're here to break yeah, it down. Yeah, you are. For, <laughs> yeah, actually, I was, I was there. We're here. Frame by frame, we're getting ready to break down the Picard trailer. Um, looked pretty great. I saw, okay,
1: yeah, let's do that. Let, yeah, We'll go through the Picard trailer, the Short Trex trailer. We'll talk about that.
0: Yep, yep. And, and why, let's bring it in. Let's talk about no. all the Marvel announcements. Marvel was that back. That would be awesome. Yes, sir yes. Uh No, no, we're not doing any of that. We're not doing that. In fact... Uh, I don't
1: want to do this with just you, though.
0: No, no. And in, in, We're not doing any of that, and here to help us not do any of that is Mr... Carl Leclaire from the Wampus Lair podcast. What's up, Carl?
2: Hi, hi. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Unlike you, not fresh off of a Comic-Con <laughs> trip. I'm like you, Bruce, just giving it to me Gibson style.
0: Woo-hoo. <laughs> 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 I don't... I don't <clears> throat> Bruce, throat> real
2: quick, <throat> you sound so much like Mark Herleman. Like, <laughs> I oh, know. Yeah. like We've been told you, that. Talking, and especially as you mentioned his name, I'm like, are you sh- sure you're not just mm. Mark? So... Yeah. You know, uh, when I...
1: So it's like when I'm like my regular self, it's like this. But when I get excited, it's like all of a sudden the mark comes out of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of, that's, I'm freaking out a little bit, actually.
1: <laughs> Legends, you, yeah. where are you? Oh, gosh.
0: He's <laughs> still stuck on it. Uh, let's uh, let's depart quickly. Now, this is going to be an interesting episode. This is a bit of an experiment, actually. We haven't done one of these in a while. Years, really. Uh, because usually there's a bit of a, f- uh, a regular format to the show, but I actually wanted to take the opportunity, Carl, because we were texting uh, two weeks ago, I want to say, and I saw yep. Yep. on the old social media that you were getting ready to do a trip that I had literally just done out to California, Northern California, for a uh, Rancho Obi-Wan, and then... To go see indoor, And we talked about it briefly on the podcast, um, my experience, but I actually thought it would be a good time to just bring you back on the show. It's been a long time uh, and wanted to bring you guys, have have some representation from the Wampus Lair here on the Star Wars Report again, because it's been far too long since we've had you. And I just kind of wanted to check in with Carl and get your review of your trip out there, specifically starting with Rancho Obi-Wan. Um, I just came back because uh, at, at Comic-Con, I guess I am bringing a little bit of Comic-Con into this. I went to Steve Sansweet's panel there um, where he kind of breaks down his story of how he got into Star Wars fandom, uh, which was fascinating. So maybe I'll bring in some of that as as well here. But uh, how was the trip? Had you been to Rancho Obi-Wan before? Yeah, uh, Jason
2: and I, uh, Jason's my, you know, one of the co-hosts. Uh, over at the Wombas Lair. He and I went out last year, last July, for the first time ever. Uh, um our beloved friend as well as your Scott Reifen was kind enough to get me a, uh, a subscription or to the uh to Rancho last year because I was talking about going and Jason and I were going back and forth about going out to California and like doing kind of like a Star Wars pilgrimage. And then Scott's like Oh, check your email, and I had this email from Rancho, and he had signed me up for the year, and I was like, "This, you know, what what a great guy Scott is." And uh, so then it was, which was perfect because it forced our hand. I was like, "Now we gotta go." Um, So (laughs) we went out last summer for the first time, had a fantastic time, and then Jason and I went back again just a few weeks ago, like you said. uh, With uh, now we have a third regular co-host on the show, Katie Katie Horn, who's absolutely brilliant and stunning to have on the show so we went with her um her spouse and then matt cranky who, who uh is from the Starlack oh, pit yeah, as well matt. as Double sales podcast so matt cranky also came out with us and we had like a nice little group we took we were half the uh we were half the uh, population on the tour that day and it was it was just a blast rancho is such a cool experience um for somebody who just who loves the narrative of star wars fandom um i'm, in, I'm at this interesting place in my fandom. i'm actually curious about the two of you with this where I actually prefer reading things about Star Wars, like how it was made, its impact on culture, um, fans' experiences of it more than I am interested in reading new Star Wars stories. So like novels and stuff, cool. Like I, I'll read some of them. But if there's like a mm. new book out about like cult the cultural response to Star Wars or the things that make Star Wars important, that's the stuff I really enjoy reading. And Rancho Obi-Wan is just a living, yeah, breathing, incarnation of that sort of star wars um because you're looking at kind of uh, through through all the products and merchandising um that's existed you know from the 70s until now you kind of get this really cool narrative of fandom itself as well as uh, how it's been part of our culture um so i i love that part of star wars right now and i've i've been sinking my teeth more and more into that um, in the last few years, I, what do you guys think about, like, how are you with that? Like, like Bruce, I, you know, don't be Mark Hurlman for a second and like pretend like legends is the best thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> would you like, do you love reading? Like, do you still like really gung ho about all the new expanded content we're getting? Or or do you get excited for like a JW Rinsler making of book? Like what's your cup of tea right now?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I think I'm kind of there with you. I like anything that's about uh, the fandom and the culture that Star Wars creates and the the behind-the-scenes things. I like reading and hearing about those things probably a little more than I do reading like a a fiction novel. I mean, even though I read both. But, I mean, I know what you're saying because it's like we're fans. And so when you're really hearing about other fans and what they're doing and stuff, you kind of have that – you relate to that. And then you admire it, you know, because, you know, you understand that enthusiasm and then it gets you enthusiastic because you can feel what they're feeling.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I don't know, because like for me, the books, the novels specifically haven't really ever been part of my, a central part of my fandom, Um, nor collecting. Really, for me, it's always been the television series and now and the movies, but To your point, Carl, I do think that, um, the behind the scenes stories have, have really made an impact. In fact, what, what, one thing that's really been getting my goat recently, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, or chicken, I guess if it's the rancho, but, uh, no, I, I started to listen, I, I've, I haven't quite finished it yet. Um, but it's the, uh, new Inside Star Wars podcast from Wondery and I'm a few episodes in and, um. I mean, full disclosure, like they, they sponsored the show a few weeks ago, which was awesome of them. And I'd heard the first episode, but I hadn't finished it. And I've just I was on my road trip uh, this last weekend. I was listening to it on my way out, about halfway through. And it's actually really it does exactly what you're talking about, Carl, which is kind of dramatize and look at the human side of the story that is the making of Star Wars. And that honestly, that's been something that I've been really, really um into most recently
2: yeah yeah and that's why like um i actually i've been holding off on starting that until i got back from california and i mm. keep meaning to get started i i listened to their series from the year before inside jaws and that was just phenomenal oh really um, yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it's really they're almost like mini uh radio dramas in a way right because like you said they dramatize these whole stories you know some of it's embellished i guess even mark hamill um has made some comments on social media about some of the things and how they've dramatized it um but yeah. yeah, you know, I just, I really enjoy, um, these really kind of personal accounts of, of, of Star Wars and its effect on people. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Bruce, it's, it's a great way of helping us all relate to one another. Um, I think the Scott Rifen show my Star Wars story, which is always sadly in remission, but, um, that's consistently been one of my favorite podcasts to listen to because it's just so fun listening to other fans recount the importance of Star Wars. Um, cause it. You know, it's so easy to read yourself into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, it it does this for me anyway, it does this beautiful aspect of it. And and for me, again, this is how I almost understand my own fandom of Star Wars is it's two parts, one part nostalgia, one part inspiration. Um, And I think for a lot of Star Wars fans having grown up with it as a child and, and falling in love with it as a kid you know there's always some level of nostalgia to those feelings but in order for it to continue yeah. to be important I think so many of us is it also continues to inspire us um, and uh, you know that was that was literally what it was like standing in Rancho as you're walking through you see all these great things you're like oh I loved playing with that when I was a kid but then you see all these things and it just like inspires you to like man how do I take that energy? forward now you know as an adult and, and live into it i think that's such a beautiful element of star wars yeah
1: it yeah. is it's like when i go to celebration now I, I find myself it's i feel like it's less about me and more wanting to see everybody else enjoying it and having fun like for example i was in line at one point and this Dad and his son were standing there and they were asking me about pins and and they said, oh, we were trying to get these pins, but we weren't told to go over there. And so we've been trying to collect them and we're, we're missing one and da, 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 And I just reached in my bag and I handed it to him. He's like, are you sure? And can we have this? I'm like, yeah, because And I didn't say this to him, but like I now actually enjoy that more and seeing fans just freak out and enjoy it and see the emotion in them than me getting into a panel and having the experience experience i want to see the others have experience because i know what that's like yeah. you know
2: yeah, for
1: well,
0: sure and for Bruce, sure. you just took your family to galaxy's edge and um you're you, you you took your uh your two girls there and i kind of have a feeling that fits in that same kind of category
1: yeah exactly it's like i don't know there's just something about just seeing i guess because like when i was a kid i was always into star wars and i got you know a lot out of it and and i get excited now but i've kind of ha- i mean i'm still get excited but now it's like, you know, I've had special privileges. I've been to celebration. I've been to some great panels. I've met some celebrities. I've had all these great experiences. I, it's like, I want others to have that experience. So I'm willing to give up my seat for someone else because I want them to go in there. I want them to cry. I want them to get emotional. <laughs> I want them to talk about, like, this is the highlight of their year. That's what makes me like. So it really bothers me, you know, when people say, Oh I didn't I hate the last Jedi or I didn't like solo or whatever. It's not that I don't like it that they don't like the movie. It's just that I feel bad for them because yep. I can't imagine Star Wars, you know, something Star Wars being destroyed, something you don't like that Star Wars. I'm like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." You know, it's like it's sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It is it's kind of an interesting it, it's cuz Star Wars is in such a a time of transition. It's it seems to me like I mean this is not meant as an insult as I'm performing the words but it seems like Steve, Ran- Steve Stansweet's Steve kind of a preserving a relic of the past in Rancho Obi-Wan a v- different era of Star Wars that he himself kind of embodies a a different era of fandom before social media before all the new Disney movies coming out all the all the change all the new projects and it I feel like it was a a simpler time and Bruce I I just want to ask it was How involved were you in in like fandom in the lead up to the prequels?
1: I mean, I wasn't that I wasn't all that involved. I was more uh, at a distance. So I was reading Mm. things online. I was in the forums reading stuff. but I really wasn't posting anything. Uh, I was listening to the podcast, but I wasn't going to celebration. I wasn't I really wasn't that involved. I was just kind of like standing off to the side looking and now I've gotten involved in it. And that's what I'm saying, it's more like okay, I've been involved and now I'm ready to kind of do that mm. step back, but if anything I want to like help others get involved. You know, I want to make sure that they get an experience out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Carl, is there a contrast to you between um like literally going to this this museum of Star Wars fandom of what it used to be versus what it is now?
2: You know, I think I think Steve does a great job though of still it there's always something there new. So, um, you know, the, kind of the, one of the famous facts about Rancho is when you actually go into the museum itself, what is actually displayed of Steve's collection is about fifteen percent. It's tiny the amount of the amount of stuff that Steve Sansweet has is unbelievably huge. Actually, when we were out there just a couple of weeks ago, they were telling us that they just had to um, double the size of the factory storage space that they have for their offsite storage because of all the stuff that he's got. So while in a way it definitely is about preserving a part of the past of fandom, he always is highlighting things that are part of its present and point to its future, um, which I think is actually – I don't know a lot about museums, per, for instance. Uh, so in, in, at the end of the tours too, Steve Stansweet always comes out and, and he takes any questions you have um, and This is also one of the most fun parts of the experience, too, is he also then opens up the arcade room because every single Star Wars arcade game is there and it's free to play. Um, So while everybody's like hopping on the arcade games or looking around the last of the museum, I was chatting just one on one with Steve Sansui. And by the way, he is just the most genuinely kind and warm person. I mean, he's just Mm. so sweet. His name is perfect for him, um, and I was asking him <laughs> a little bit about like, oh, did you, you know, did you have any, did you have to do some research about being a museum curator because that's essentially what this is, and he said not really, he just, you know, essentially made the collection and, and then and then displayed it in kind of its uh, historical relevance, um, and uh, you know, it is it's a it's a living and breathing space. Right? Like, it's yeah. not just a preservation of the past. It's also, um, you know, it preserves the past to point to the future. Uh, you know, the tagline of, of Rancho Obi-Wan, which is actually the, the title of, of our podcast last week when we talked all about this stuff, um, was uh, inspiration beyond imagination. And I just, I love that tagline for Rancho because um, I think it really is this space that sparks your inspiration. And for Star Wars fans, Um, you know, your imagination and star Wars are so intertwined and often is the case because of the toys you played with, right? Um, the, the imagination that was peaked by playing, growing up, playing with star Wars toys is a huge part of so many fans experience. And that's what Steve preserves. Um, but in the same way of like, I remember at celebration Chicago, just back in April when we were walking to the convention center one day we walked by the natural history museum there in Chicago and it has this massive dinosaur uh, statue outside. And I just got all excited. I love dinosaurs. I got all excited. Like it, it like awoke this, you know, like the, that youthfulness that's within you. And I think that's when that's the power of a good museum is it's for young and old. And it's not just about preserving the past as if it's something dead and gone, but there's something living there still. Um, and I think that's the beauty of what Steve Sansweet has captured with with Rancho. Hmm.
1: Gosh, I still want to go there. I've been supporting Rancho for, I don't know, at least four years, and I get the patch every year but, but yeah. every time i go t- to the bay area it's like it's on dates that they're not doing tours or the tours are already booked and it just it never works out for me i'm trying to make it so i can get there sometime because i would love that experience but again it's like i think steve Sansweet probably comes from the place same place i was mentioning it's like it's one thing to collect it but it's another thing to share it and i love the enthusiasm that he is in trying to share it at, you know his collection with fans you know he could keep that all to himself and not let anybody in, but he lets people come in and and have those experiences, and it probably never gets old for him. You know, I mean, just imagine people's faces just lighting up. I mean, mm. a great day. That's 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 the kind of job I want. I, know, I, I want wanna wanna make to make everybody's go. life happy, except for Riley's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: just doomed to depression. No, I. It, it's interesting because um, he definitely that passion, imminent, especially when I was at his panel at Comic Con. He really did. Uh, he, he did this almost sort of soliloquy um, at the beginning he had prepared notes and for like 20 minutes he just corner he, he kind of um, waxed eloquent about the beginning of Star Wars and just its impact on culture and how how that craze started and and how it came to mean so much to him um, and and how he sort of jumped ship from a very stable, career in journalism to do like uh like selling merchandise star wars merchandise on qvc and uh and then working for lucasfilm as a fan relations uh, you know a person which you know who's heard of that before um but i think uh it it is funny how the merchandise sort of tells that story through the years
2: yeah yeah i i mean i hope that you know what? I don't. I don't just hope it. I know it that the two of you will get there at some point. Like I just know it. You will.
0: Yeah, and I feel yeah, bad because when we I just went, need to plan it. It's yeah. true. And like honestly, um, when I look at uh, maybe next year around celebration, um, when I'm on that side of the uh that side of the world, like uh, so over mem- over Memorial Day weekend this last year, uh, I met up with Bethany. I had a few days of free leave, um, and so we met up in San Francisco, and. Uh, I felt pretty bad, actually, in some ways, because we literally drove by the sign to, you know, Petaluma, as we're uh, as we're uh, driving up north, because we just we we're doing like a day trip, well, an overnight trip rather, to the uh, Redwood Forest in California, uh, to actually see some of the filming locations, and that was kind of the other half of your trip, Carl that you guys also just experienced. How did this idea come to pass? Was it like you guys decided it was Rancho first, but you decided, uh, to tack on the, uh, the indoor experience?
2: Yeah. I mean, so, so last year when we planned our little pilgrimage, we wanted to do the Lucasfilm headquarters, obviously Rancho, cause we had booked a tour. Um, and we wanted to drive by, uh, Skywalker Ranch, which I didn't know until I got out there that you literally can't see anything from the road. But you can at least drive by the main gate, um, which is (laughs) also on Lucas Valley Road. So like, we kind of wanted to do that. And we wanted to hit the Redwoods. I was like, this will be so cool. We'll get to see where they filmed Endor. Well, then when I looked it up as I was like plotting out the trip and kind of our our, our itinerary, man, I must be a fun vacation goer. (laughs) Um, But uh, I didn't realize that that area is about – Five hours north of the Bay Area, so we just didn't have the time to get up there, so we we didn't do it. I mean, we got to go to a small little redwood forest, um, which was cool because I'd never been in a redwood forest in my life, so that was cool in and of itself. So when we decided to go back this year, we made sure to instead of doing the stuff in San Francisco itself, we were going to take. A day and a night to drive up to that specific spot in the redwoods. Mm. Now the funny thing is, Riley, <laughs> uh, I had plotted out where to go. We were going to go to this park called Tall Trees Grove because I looked, uh, according to the site I looked at, that's where they filmed Return of the Jedi. Well, like you said, I was sharing some stuff on social media when we were at Rancho, and you and you you just shot me a message. You're like, so cool that you're. You know, I I really want to get there. And then I was like, oh crap, Riley, you were just out here doing the Endor stuff. We're doing that tomorrow. And you started sharing with me, like, here's where you want to go. These are the places. It, I, it was, you're such a force send. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> was right. uh, well, the thing it was, is, is
0: I, when I was researching it, I kept coming across bad information. And I literally called up um, Jawa James. Uh, it, I know some of you guys know him on Twitter because he's like one of the go to guys when it comes to Star Wars tourism. And I was like, I keep seeing all these different places that claim. They're the filming locations like no, here's the guy to talk to and he sent me the links that I sent you on where you actually can go because there's so few locations left.
2: Yeah, which I didn't know and like you pointed out, you know that uh, the majority of it was filmed on a private piece of property that was then logged right after they filmed. Um, so it's literally not standing Um but uh you know the the Cheatham Grove. Mm-hmm. Like you sent us to, I mean, that's literally where part of the speeder bike chase was filmed. That's that very same log that you were, you and Bethany were standing on, and of course we did our pictures on it too, is the very log that they fly under. So I want to plug something really quick. If you don't mind, yeah, go for it. Cause, uh, I'm a guest and that's what guests do. There you go. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but Jason and I had a, we had such a fun time. Katie didn't join us for the, the Redwood excursion. It was just Jason and I. Um, but we just kind of the idea came to me when we were sitting in one of the the redwood groves i was like you know what let's make a like let's make a mini documentary here and pretend like this is where the actual battle of endor happened and what we started doing is is we put together it's about jason did a great job he put it all together actually about a seven and a half minute video um with film clips and everything music it looks beautiful where we find these sites now to be fair the the only site that's actually legit is the spot that you shared with us in, about Cheatham Grove with the speeder bike chase. But the rest of them are just made up for fun. But they look similar to certain sites from the movie. So we kind of made this fun little documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, while we were up there, and it, it's up on our YouTube channel. It's on our social media. Riley, you get, you're you tagged in the credits, my friend. you got to watch it if you haven't seen it. So I have. Uh, it's
0: actually really fun. Okay. I like the way you guys kind of do like a faux war documentary as if you're like standing on the battlefield yeah. of somewhere in like Eastern Europe.
2: Yeah. Well, d- uh, Jason and I both are history buffs. I mean, used to be Civil War history buffs, so I've watched lots of battlefield documentaries. So just kind of channeling that energy and just having a lot of fun with it. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe you can do me, do me a solid and share that when you put the episode up, if you can, or, yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll, or even, we'll throw it even in the if links. you forget, like, um, it's, it's easy to find, just go to YouTube and you'll look up Wampus Lair Endor. it'll pop right up. So yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's super easy to find, but we'll also shoot a link in the show notes for the episode, So it's really easy if you're listening on like the Apple app or anything like that, you'll see it in the notes on the, on the podcast app that you're listening to and we'll have the link right there. But, um, it's, uh, it's, it's actually a lot of fun. It's, and, and that's the thing you talked about. And this is where... We're talking about like Star Wars fandom and, and, and our experience. This is really something that has captures my imagination in the way that going to some of the conventions did in the early days of my yes. podcasting fandom is seeing some of these film sites. And and what awoke, awakened, awakened, awoke? There has <laughs> been an awakening. Um, <laughs> I was, the and the first time I ever did this was on the, the big family um, uh, like post graduation trip that me and my sister Bethany did out to Ireland, and when we we did like a road trip around the country, it was really fun. It was ten days, but one of the stops was at Skellig Michael, where we did we went out on the boat, and actually the weather was nice enough. We lucked out to actually be able to walk on these this ancient monastic steps, and and just even the real world history is just an overwhelming. Uh, being on like this 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 remote rocky island that these monks. Uh, managed to carve out a uh, survival in the time of the Vikings like it's just it's crazy just the historical significance because of course I'm also I'm also Carl a big history buff and so it's really strange to walk amongst those ruins that you see in in um, The Last Jedi and uh, The Force Awakens the the various huts that are that are constructed um, and it's just crazy to be there but also just and I, I'll never forget. As you get like to the a certain point in the steps, where you immediately recognize the location where Ray is. Uh, confronting Luke Skywalker for the first time and reaching out to give him his lightsaber. And, of course, you can tell who the history nerds are at the site versus the Star Wars nerds by who stops. Because there's, like, this big crowd of people all stopped to take pictures at that (laughs) site. Um, But that was the first time, and, I mean, talk about a crazy first as far as locations to visit, uh, that I went to a filming location inside Star Wars. And there's something really... It's really hard to describe, but I don't know if you had this experience, Carl. But it's very surreal to just be walking amongst the exact place that uh, you know from the movie and stories that you love.
2: Yeah, no, and that's that's the the thing we talked a lot about uh, when when we did a show about it last week is I I, I appreciate the way you kind of put that up against like um, not up against, but in comparison, out of like going to a you know. A convention. Um, the Celebration Chicago was great. I had a great time, but it was also just really big and really crowded. um And uh, those aren't particularly my jams normally. I mean, I, I endure it because it's Star Wars and love it because it's Star Wars. But there, like you said, there was something surreal standing amidst these trees that, you know. Th- there is also just something absolutely primal and beautiful about being in this ancient forest yes. just in and of itself. Yes. But then also being in this space where even if it wasn't exactly the space where, you know, all of this stuff happened, it looks just like it. And honestly, I want to have more experiences of that. Like it was mm. something – so it was kind of neat. I mean, that was a four, four months after Celebration had this experience i would take this experience over celebration any day and that's not to say that i don't like celebration sure um but there was something there was a different type of connection there Mm. um there it was just like this really pure experience of just man i love star wars and and it was honestly something i really needed in my fan journey right now too because um i'm sure you've been in been in these this space before where you know, you, you're running a podcast, you're trying to stay relevant and and, and um, regular on social media, and it can sometimes just be a lot. Um, so it was really nice to just step away right. and step into Star Wars and allow myself to just literally feel that flow of the Force again and and remind yeah. myself why I love this so much. And there was – it's hard to put it into words. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know uh, – I'm a religious person and my favorite thing about religion isn't necessarily to study theology, but it's rather just to have pure authentic experience of the divine. Like that to me is so much more important and so much more moving. And it, it, to me, it, I translate that to my Star Wars experience in the same way of like, I, I much rather just have kind of this direct surreal experience of Star Wars rather than a, a big show. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, so Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it it was something so beautiful, Um, you know. Like, and something very uniquely different. You know, it in a weird way, I'd almost compare it to like when you when you when you have a significant other, which I know you now do. I I mean, hopefully you've shared that on the show. Sorry, (laughs) it's not. Riley's taken. Um, No, no, it's not a secret. (laughs) uh, You know, but you can have this really beautiful experience with with a significant other, where maybe you take them back to your hometown and you show them, you know, where you grew up and and things that matter to you there's something really sacred in being able to share that experience with somebody and 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 I was really glad that it was Jason and I getting to share that experience together you know Jason and I've been doing Wampus Larry for you know seven and a half years now and know. um in our and our personal physical interaction has been minimal because of the fact that we live far apart so to just be able to share that space specifically with him um It was really powerful and and there wasn't a lot of talking at first. It really was just kind of walking and sitting and being in the stillness of that space and just being like, man, imagine if, and and here's the, here's a funny thing I talked a lot about in the last show, Riley, but, um, you know how like you can try to like, if you, if you think something enough, you, you might actually believe it could happen the entire day we were in, in that forest. There was like this tiny, tiny part of me that just kept thinking, I bet you I see an Ewok at some point, (laughs) which is like ridiculous because they're not real. Um, But there was even like this (laughs) tiny, tiny part of me that was like, I know they're not real, but I bet you there's at least one person in the world who's here right now dressed up like an Ewok for people like me. Warwick
1: Davis comes out, here I am.
2: (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, it was just... It was just like this. Uh, the best word I can and give to the experiences. It was just there was something pure about it.
1: So was uh, it like you were just like in the moment, like you're on Endor, or were you feeling the ghosts of the past <laughs> production crew and actors being there? Like, like what yeah. what what was it that you're thinking about? It's like you're there on Endor.
2: Yeah, I think it's like I'm here on Endor because then in my head, for, this is not something I normally ever do. And again, this is. Why I felt like the, the experience was so powerful for me is the inspiration that kept coming up for me is I started in my head, and then I started talking about it out loud to Jason. I just started creating the story about Logre, you know, Chief Logre, the, the the famous medicine man of Bright Tree Village. And I just started creating his backstory and how he became the medicine man, how he became the shaman of the Ewok tribe. And, uh, you know, there was something about that space that I felt like connected, like I get it. I get how they, he could make that journey. And I just started telling this narrative in this space, um, of a character that, you know, i I've always, I've always enjoyed the Ewoks just fine, but I came home from that and I was like, man, I love Ewoks. And I've, I've watched, uh, the Ewoks movies twice since I've been home <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and they're really not the best movies, but yeah. there's some. About them now that I appreciate more it's it's actually I went to a concert just the other night of, of, of a musician I really like and uh, he was playing some songs off his new album and when I listened to these particular songs on the album I didn't love it but when I was listening to them live and in concert sitting with my two best friends I was like man I love this song right now and now I've been listening to it at home like there's just something about being able to connect to something in a space It, it it's hard yeah. to put again put to words into language um but uh, I, I think a great correlation for a lot of Star Wars fans. Just remember that first time you went to a Star Wars convention. Yeah, you know, there's something surreal about it where you f- you really do feel like you're part of a bigger world. Um, mm. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have several of those experiences now with the conventions. This was something different, and I, and I appreciated it because it was different. Yeah. Um, I'm still I was still wowed in Chicago by certain things and and you're always going to be as a big Star Wars fan. But this was a different kind of wow um Mm. and uh and i loved it
0: yeah it is it's a very unique experience and something that it's hard to describe like on a podcast but and that's the kind of thing where i think this is going to be a new um part of my fandom i will always be wanting to go out of my way to see what filming locations i can see which is of course why i just pulled up a list of filming locations that i was perusing and then i just (laughs) had like a light bulb moment Cause right now I'm in Las Vegas. Thank you to the United States government. Uh, I'm here for a few weeks for uh, for military training, and I just like had a light bulb moment. It was like, oh yeah, Death Valley National Park. Like all right. of the all of those shots. Um, like the art. Uh, I'm literally looking at it now. Like the R2D2 splits up with three PO. That shot. Some of the establishing uh, palettes. That long kind of vista view that Obi Wan and Luke look when when they first see Mos Eisley. Um, there's a, a, a good number of these filming locations that are at Death Valley National Park, which is less than two hours from me. So I know what, I know what I'm doing one weekend out here. Um, Nuts. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I, but th- that's the thing is like, it, it, I, I want to take advantage. What's on your bucket list? Like what um, locations would you want to go to, Carl, if you could? Uh, I, I mean, I'll throw some out here because like, obviously one of the tougher ones based on geopolitical climate is Tunisia, but that's like the pilgrimage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a bit a bit of a
0: hot spot right now, though. Yeah. Know. Uh,
2: you know, I mean, honestly, like my favorite location in Star Wars is a place you can't literally go because Dagobah was on a soundstage, which stinks. Yeah. Um, I love Dagobah, but I, you know, I think if I could go anywhere next, um, it's a toss up between Skellig Michael, um,
0: mm, as yeah. well,
2: and then I would say um, northern uh Norway to do Hobbes. Oh yes, yep, um, Norway. Which they yeah. do.
0: They're like annual um, uh, trips that you can do. I forget the name of the group that does this. There's like a tourism agency. Again, going back to our uh, our friend Jawa James. Um, I actually almost went in 2017. I just wasn't able to quite swing it for money and time, but uh, but that is on the bucket list because man, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um,
2: what about you, Bruce? Where, where's, where's a bucket list item for you to go to for a Star Wars filming location?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, where was um, Naboo? Where was that film?
0: Italy. Italy, <laughs> yep. yeah. That's
1: right. where I think I'd want to go. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some of the places you've named, but I was just trying to think of something
0: different. Well, and, like, and Italy has – there's that. a good amount of locations uh, in Italy. Like uh, Mount Etna is some of the uh, volcanic stuff for Mustafar. So, like, if you want something... But then, like, think mm. the the one that is the most iconic shot that I've seen people go to, like our, our friend J.C. Reifenberg, and I've seen a few other people, is the Villa de Balbiandal. Hang on. <clears throat> Balbianello. There we go. That's my best Italian. Uh, but that's that lakeside shot where uh, Anakin and Padme get married. It's uh, on Lake Como. But there's a good number of places. Like, there's the palace, the Naboo Royal Palace, that all the fighting in, in Phantom Menace. So that's the Palace of Caserta. Um... But uh, I have some friends stationed out in Italy right now that um, we've made a deal that uh, we're going to try to visit them in the next year or two. And I'm going to try to do a detour to some of these filming locations. You
1: know, another place, Guatemala for Yavin. I think that oh, would be cool. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. That, would be pretty, that would be pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, Just to see like over the trees and see those like temples in the distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that would be really cool. I mean, yeah.
0: Oof, that's a good one. Yeah, it's, so some of the other kind of more common ones that I've seen is, um, well, Puzzlewood, Forest of Dean in UK. That was the attack, all the Takodano stuff uh, from uh, The okay. Force Awakens was there. You can visit that. Um, the Maldives is where they did Scarif. So there's some filming locations there. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Bolivia. It was Crate, the Salt Flats. That's pretty cool. Um, and, of course, Dub- oh, yeah, Dubrovnik in Croatia for all of the Canto Byte stuff. And of course, a bunch of Game of Thrones stuff. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Sure.
0: Yeah. And then of course, a bunch of studios, but you can't really visit studios.
2: Right. And it's not like those. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to see in a studio? It's it's not around.
0: Yeah. I'd
1: still like Skellig Michael. I would still like
0: to do that. I think that, I mean, that has to be both. If you're picking one place that has both incredible historical significance and of course, a lot of Star Wars significance, uh, Skellig Michael. And I have a feeling we will be revisiting Skellig Michael in some way, former fashion in the rise of Skywalker. you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. that's my, you that's know, my theory, but I got to say if there's, if there's one place that Star Wars connected
2: that I could visit more than anywhere else, uh-huh. it's, it's Skywalker ranch.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: I would bucket anything. list, man. Bucket through list through there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> to, to just be able to walk through that space, um, because even even with our trip last year, just getting to go and drive down Lucas Valley Road, that was actually probably my favorite part of the trip. Is It's a really windy road. Have you, have you been on it before, Riley?
0: No. I've, this, that Again, bucket list. I've never been out to okay. uh, Lucasfilm or Skywalker Ranch. Okay. I'm not that mer- famous.
1: <laughs> I've been to Lucasfilm a few times. I have not been to Skywalker Ranch, but I feel like I've driven by it because I've done it through Google Maps.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nice.
1: <laughs> and I know when you drive by it doesn't look like anything. Like you're yeah. just like in the country and you're just like you would never know it's there.
0: Yeah. We'll break yeah. we'll we'll pull a fanboys and we'll go break in. There we oh, go. Love <laughs> them. Yeah.
2: And you know, that's there was that was like last year Jason and I were driving driving there and uh you know, we pulled off on the side of the road. There's a lot of pull offs. Because there's just all these beautiful like vista views of these golden hills. That was the thing that I was taken with with California as well. I love those golden hills. Yeah. Just standing in that space, I just I was like, I don't know. I felt connected to George Lucas. Mm. Um, we drove through downtown Petaluma, which is obviously where they filmed most of American graffiti. Um walking around that space, there was something I felt like this profound connection. To George Lucas not like you know in some weird deep personal way I still don't know the guy but like I don't, there was something about those spaces where it's like I get where those creative juices came from now right um and you know it's, it's I think this is why people are always curious when there's there's an art form that you love you love to know what's behind the art form what was the art that informed your art right because you want to explore that too um and uh, you know there's this place in, um, uh, lost, lost Altma Altmos. I probably not saying it right. I can't Mm. remember exactly where, um, it's kind of between Petaluma and the Bay area though. It's this, it's called imagination park. Um, and it's literally a fountain with a piece of grass around it. It's not a park, but (laughs) Jason and I drove to that last year and it's, it's this little fountain with a bronze statue. It's, it's the same type of bronze statue of Yoda that they have in front of Lucasfilm. Um, and then there's also one of Indiana Jones, both of which were donated by George Lucas. um, and apparently it's a very similar type of town to Modesto. So, again, just sitting in that space, too, it's like, mm-hmm. man, I yeah. there was something about those spaces where it's like, I get it. Like, I get why George was inspired here. I, I, I get why he had such a vivid imagination. There was something about those spaces that just, I don't know, it just made your creativity feel like it could blossom. Hmm.
0: Yeah. No, there is something about the, that physical space you're in that makes a difference and even as a um as i mean it's funny i'm doing this from a hotel room but uh like there are spaces that i've cre- created over the years like i i remember the this is kind of this this is i guess maybe not the most star warsy anecdote but it just you reminded me of it carl when um i, I started the star Wars report podcast when i was 18 19 right right out of high school as was at was, was the time i first started this is 2011 like the year after I graduated high school. And It's so uh, weird. It's like
1: we're on a high school project. I know, right? It is.
0: <laughs> but it's still going on. I know it's it's still going. <laughs> Almost 10 years later. Um, but it's it's funny that it started in the loft bedroom of the house that uh, our family lived in in Dayton, Tennessee. And I remember probably about 4 years, 5 years later as the family moved out and um, and we were getting ready to move and I was heading back to Atlanta starting college um, and it was of course a big time of transition but even that little space that I made that this little recording studio that I slowly built piece by piece with my you know lawn cutting money here and there and just like uh, the, there's the, there's a part of like the birth of Riley the creative podcaster that it lives in that space. And that's, I think that does kind of bring back to star Wars where I totally identify with what you're talking about, Carl, where being around those areas of one, a creative here of yours, it's not just like, it's not just a nerdy, Oh, look, I bet George Lucas stood here when he wrote this, or I bet he was there. And no, it's just like, it's, there's a, uh, and it's a nearly spiritual experience where you just kind of think about the stories that inspire us that we love and the people who created them. And, the The physical space that they were in. um it just kind of brings you a little closer to that story that inspired you.
1: You sure. know what I really want? I was just thinking about this the other day, and this is a perfect time to bring it up. yeah, but and you know, uh, you're talking about being spiritual and and that sort of thing. And I was thinking, you know, I've toured a lot of cathedrals, I've toured a lot of castles. and there's times I walk into those places and I think, wouldn't it be cool? if there was like some kind of cathedral like castle like building but it was all devoted to the story of Star Wars and all these characters are represented as murals and statues and you just kind of go through all these different little rooms and little little hidden places and things and it sounds weird but it would be a real spiritual moment for me to walk into a place that honors the his, the history of the stories yeah. you know that it feels old you know i just think that
2: would be a cool experience mm. that would be uh bruce man uh the closest make, it,
0: Bruce. You have to make that happen. I know, right? Well, I was just thinking because <laughs> the closest thing we have is 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 through art. Like that was actually Bethany yeah. and I when we were walking down the the main exhibit hall at San Diego. We probably just for like two hours, and I've never done this, but just hung out in Artist Alley and just saw some of the incredible artwork um, for like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, and it kind of reminded me reminded me of what you're talking about, Bruce. And that's got, that's honestly like the 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 dream for me. Uh, someday is to have a, pl- a creative space for recording and uh, producing and creating um, that, that it pays homage to the stories that I love so much. Um, and like that's something that's like definitely on the on the bucket list. like it's years down the road. it's like this is long lo- way down the line after uh, mil- Riley's military career and all that stuff but that definitely is is, I don't know, a dream of mine. Yeah. Hmm. That's, Carl, you, this oh. is what you do to us. You come on the show, and you start like talking about philosophical and and grand theological thoughts with, with Star Wars. Like, what about what about the like the latest rumor on Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> don't care. Sorry. I <laughs> no. Don't care. You know. You
2: know that. I, in so to be to be honest, like, um, I mean, I I love that you know you. The stars reported you guys are, you know, do a great job of always tackling the news and, and breaking it up and making it fun. But the thing I've always loved doing and this is and this is what I love doing with, you know, the Wampus Layers. This is like what we do every week pretty much. It's it's kind of a godsend. I mean, we always we talk about big news announcements when that when they drop for sure. Um and every now and then we'll do some speculating, but this is the stuff, man, we just we'd love to get into that. it's, it's yeah. just that creative imagine it Imaginative space, um, but honestly, I, uh, Bruce, thank you for the Star Wars Cathedral idea because I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about that for <laughs> I don't know how long. I'm not going to let and it And I, I think you're, you know, you're really actually onto something there, though, right? Because, you know, Rancho Obi Wan is a space that's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, kind of like that, but nothing is that. And I think that is such a cool idea to to give a space. That is so visually stunning that has these different themes that really just honors the story as if the story was something living and moving um, and life changing. And it is all those things. You know what because I mean?
1: Because it, it takes place a long time ago. And I think going and making it feel old, like this cathedral has been here forever, as if maybe you know, people from that part of the galaxy landed on Earth thousands of years ago and honored these stories in this cathedral. And now we're able to walk into it and see the stained glass windows and and see one after the other how it tells the Skywalker saga. And then you see a statue somewhere it's something to do with Yoda or something with um, some creatures or stories we're not even familiar with. And you speculate and you think, where does that all fit in? Like, I keep thinking of that lately. I keep thinking, I'd love to buy like an old church that's like abandoned and just like do that to it.
2: Yeah. There's lots of them because religion's dying, man. So let's just, <laughs> let's just throw our money behind one and make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's religion's dying because Disney bought religion. And so they just <laughs> ruined it. and
0: uh, <laughs> Oh, oh man, that's that's about all that's about all you can do. Hey, uh, Carl, you, you you mentioned it, then I can't think of a better way to to, to roll out on the podcast because you guys, this is something that I love about the Wampus Lair. And for you, if you guys are listening to Star Wars Report, um, uh, and you have not checked out Wampus Lair, please please do so. It's uh, the original first. Like partner show here on the network, and again they're, they've run, they've been running almost as long as we have, which is basically forever. Um, so, uh, Carl, tell people where they can find Wampus lair, and, and and I know you guys just did an episode, probably in a lot more detail on the trip out to California as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, we did, um, and uh, actually. Well, I know based on when we're recording, I know when you're releasing this. But the most recent episode in pertaining to, if you're listening right now, is we've been we've been starting this month by month series journey to Rise of Skywalker, where we're going through each movie once a month. So we're gonna we're gonna hit one movie a month and just talk about kind of its grander themes and how do we feel like th- this Skywalker saga has been progressing and how we think it might feed into Rise of Skywalker. So that's been really fun. We're we're hitting Revenge of the Sith this week. Um, so. Again, I'm doing one episode a month uh, pertaining specifically to that. But uh, you can find us on, you know, we're on Twitter at WampasLair, Facebook, WampasLair Podcast. Obviously, we're on iTunes at WampasLair Podcast. We're on starsreport.com. Um, yeah, so we're easy to find. Um, so, yeah.
0: yes, yes. Cool. And we'll have links to that because, like, sure. it's, you can remember it, but also, and this is the thing that I realize about podcast technology these days, just look in the notes uh, for this episode on your podcast app. And uh, we'll have links to everything that we talked about, including, I'm going to remind you, um, the awesome uh, war documentary style (laughs) of uh, the Wampus Lair at Indoor. And uh, I'm going to be a little selfish, too, and I'm going to include my little uh, miniature travel vlog where I took my drone out there. So I got some pretty sweet drone footage like mimicking the speeder bikes out there. So I cut that together in a fun little montage uh, where you can actually really get a look for not just the exact filming location, but kind of what the area looks like. And that'll do a lot more justice than hear us talk about it. So those links will all be in the notes for this particular podcast episode. Uh, Bruce, tell people where they can find you and the and the Star Wars report on the old uh, internets. Well,
1: you can go to Twitter at admiral underscore rex and you can find me doing some stuff over at Trek.fm.
0: Sweet. Making it easy making it easy right there. And then also of course Star Wars Report. Anywhere uh, you do social media, we are there pretty much. Us uh, just at Star Wars Report. Super easy to find us. And hey, big shout out to everybody who's supporting the show directly on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report is where you want to go to get our weekly bonus rogue transmission podcast, as well as some other really cool rewards. To include uh, access to every episode we've ever produced here on the show, just for a dollar, the tip jar jar, we call it. Check it out, patreoncom Star Wars Report. I'm Riley Blant, and you can follow me at The Riley Guy on social media, R I L E Y, The Riley Guy. And until next time, may the force be with you, and remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. And Carl, I would go to Dagobah if that were a freaking real place.
2: Yeah, I love that you used that music to take us out. That
0: was perfect. Nice.